the road is still there. Its white marble slabs still glisten in the Greek sun. Only tourists walk on it now as they pick their way among the ruins. But the ghosts of chariots, of carts laden with goods, of the feet of sailors and traders and Jewish missionaries still haunt the old Lycaon way that leads straight as an arrow from the sea to the great gate that opens into the Agora, the market square of Corinth. Little's left of that first century town, some arches that once sheltered shops in the Stoa, pillars of the ancient temple to Apollo, the bema where judgment was given, the pit where the hidden priest whispered answers to questions asked of the sacred spring, the ancient world's dear Abbey, a few holes that tell us where the tent markers, such as Paul, pitched their wares. Little's left, but enough to guess at what life was like when Paul walked into that town bringing the explosive news of Jesus Christ. First century Corinth was a crossroads, a, a Times Square kind of place. It was rich and brash, and the church that Paul founded shared much that was good and eh, much that was bad in the life of that town. So when we come to this soaring chapter in his letter to that community of faith, we have to remember that the road into the text itself leads through Corinth and the painful reality of the Corinthian church. Back up a chapter. You are all one body, says Paul, to a church that doesn't want to be one body. It wants to be lots of bodies, all them pointing fingers at each other. Angry and wrangling, they could fit any description of the current Congress or even some churches some of us have known. You're all one body, says Paul. And even if you want to quit, you can't. Even if you want to throw someone out, you can't. You're stuck with each other. And he says to them, if the foot would say, well, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. And the eye can't say to the hand, well, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I can hear the folk who first read that saying, okay, Paul, that's a great idea, but how are we going to live into it? How do we ever live as one body with the folk we'd really rather have off in another body? And it's to answer that question that Paul begins, let me show you a still more excellent way. Well, there's another road in Corinth. It leads from the far side of the Agora and into the land toward the single most dominant feature of the town, the Acrocorinth. It's a huge, huge rock outcropping that towers 1,800 feet above the town. You can't escape its presence anywhere you go. It broods over the whole city. It dwarfs the pillars of Apollo's temple. And this other road climbs around and around and around until it finally ends at the very top of the Acrocorinth. The Lycaon Way was the commerce road. This was for pilgrimage. It led the faithful to the temple of Aphrodite that graced its top at the crown. 
And we know what that's about. It's very easy for us to snigger at the temple and its thousand priestess prostitutes. But it wasn't simply the body's passion that drove pagans to climb and climb and climb. You know, in a sailor's town, there were easier ways to satisfy that. Now, this was a search for the goddess herself. Aphrodite, goddess of love. It's she who transforms relationships into more than just passion. And it's she who brings the blessings of love and approval. It's she who tells us we're valued. At Delphi, she was worshipped as the goddess who joins together. And people were hungry for that. I think people are still hungry for that. I mean, think of what you've been through the last few years. Didn't you wish for some joining together into the one body? And think of all the divisions that are just tearing this country apart. Don't we need some joining together? And don't we learn, need to learn what it means to be one country, one body? Well, having climbed only a very small portion of that road, I can tell you that her travelers would have had to travel light. It's too steep, too difficult to carry heavy burdens. And there would have been no way to buy what the goddess had to offer. One could only receive. How much more? That well-known phrase of Paul's lies unstated but implied as he begins his paean to love. If you think Aphrodite can offer you a way to live with others, how much more can Jesus Christ? How do we live together? Let me show you a still more excellent way. Now, the question of all roads is, do they lead into or out of? Does the road lead into Corinth or out of it? Does the road of Jesus Christ lead into the mess or out into some unknown future? Yes. You know that. The answer to both questions is yes. The road of Jesus Christ leads into the mess of human life, but it also leads out into an unknown future. And it's not easy, this business of loving. I think the pagans were right when they made folk climb the mountain to reach it. Love always leads us into the mess and struggle of human life. And there's no avoiding that. But the road also leads out and away. It leads us into a future that really none of us knows. And to walk on it together, we all have to leave some cherished baggage behind. What that is for me, I'm only beginning to guess. What it will be for you is for you to discover. All I know is that faith and hope and love all point to the future. Not the past, but the future. And not to our future, but to God's future. And somehow we have to get there together. And the way we get there together is to walk a road that is dominated by a hill. Crowned with a demonstration of Jesus Christ's unbounding love for us. A hill with a cross. Amen. Amen.